You are listening to the Grow Law Firm Podcast, where each guest shares actionable, practical ideas with you on how to get more clients, expand your reach, and grow your law firm's revenue and profit. Here's your host, Sasha Burson. Welcome to Grow Law Firm Podcast. I have a terrific guest with me here today. In fact, before I got him on the podcast, actually about a year ago, I got his book and I studied this thing. Although I am a marketer and this is a marketing book for lawyers, I studied it. It's an incredibly practical book. Nick Jarvis, sir, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. And thank you for that uh, kind endorsement of the book. It was, uh, it was fun writing it. It was horrendous editing it. <laughs> what, did you edit it yourself? Yeah, about four times. And when you've Oh. When you've written something that, that's sort of like your your baby, and then you have to read it four more times, and like, it, it gets worse each time. And by the time it was published, it's like, I don't want to look at it in case I find a typo, find something wrong with it. I just want to get it out and out. Well, so far, so good. I did find a couple of typos, but no. that's okay. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> my, my favorite publisher. saying. My favorite saying on the subject is never let perfection get in the way of publishing. Well, it's, it's in the book, isn't it? Perfection kills momentum. That's one of my There things. you go. Exactly. So it doesn't matter. And with marketing, you need momentum. If you, if you, And the trouble with lawyers, as you will know, is that they are perfectionists in their job. Mm-hmm. And so when it comes to marketing, they think they have to be perfect when it comes to marketing, which is a killer for all things marketing. It's an absolute killer. It's an absolute killer of momentum. It's an absolute killer of making money. It's an absolute killer of early retirement. <laughs> yeah. Just time get off, having fun. Time off, having fun, a yeah. boat, a yacht, a second home, whatever it may be. Absolutely. Yeah. Nick, you have quite a unique journey. I, I read about you. You were an attorney first for 14 years. I and was. And you got to be a marketer attorney while practicing law. Yes. Tell folks about it. Yeah. So, um, I, I didn't do the traditional thing which my parents wanted and expected, which is go to university, get a degree, get a proper job. Instead, you and I just briefly touched on, I was sailing boats in Corfu. I was working in hotels. I was having a good time and then sort of did that for a few years, early 20s, thought, okay, I probably get a better get a proper job now, better do something sensible and grown up. Um, and I looked around and I thought, well, I, I don't want to go back to education, so I want to do something where I can gain a degree standard qualification while still working. So I entered the law and, and, and worked and qualified as a lawyer over a period of eight years. And by year two, three, I was doing the full-time lawyer's job and studying still, which was quite painful. And also then I found out that actually I didn't really like the law that much, but I really enjoyed marketing the firm that I was working for. And I seemed to be quite good at it. So I started doing more and more of that and realized that I'd occasionally get people into the firm I was working at thinking, well, I must be missing something. I'm not formally trained. Uh, get someone in, they can show me what I'm missing. And each time they charge about five grand, $5,000 pounds. And they'd say, no, no, you're doing well. I was like, okay, <laughs> so I'm not missing anything. I think I might do this instead of the law um, and spent another six years sort of getting out and about meeting people so that I had, so, some people knew me so I could have some Nick, clients. Ap- apology for the interruption, but no, no, as far ahead. as I read your story, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe that you were working for a firm and you were doing personal injury, but there was just not enough work to go yes. around. So they yes. kind of shifted you in the marketing direction. Yeah, that, that was certainly a nudge. I've been doing bits, but they said, well, I've been offered a job elsewhere. They said, we want to keep you, but you haven't got any work. Here's some money, go and get it. And so I, I, I did what I needed to do, advertising, marketing. The web wasn't there at the time, uh, but I made the phone ring and, and filled my filing cabinet full of clients. Then I filled an assistant's filing cabinet full of clients and a colleague. and. 
it sort of just took off from there. And like I say, I realized very soon that I preferred doing that to the actual legal stuff. So this is back in the 90s, right? Yes. Yes. How old what I am, I know. <laughs> the gray beard. <laughs> what worked back then? You're in UK, obviously. What worked back then in the UK? Well, it was it was some of the more traditional stuff, local newspapers. Uh, we had the Yellow Pages. I think you had the Yellow Pages as well. Um, the Yellow Pages always made me laugh because I said, well, people go to the Yellow Pages. You, you can't choose from that who the best lawyer is. But they did recognize the name and go for it. So I, I never spent a fortune in there because I knew that if they were looking for us, they'd find us. And that was confirmed when I had a Yellow Pages sales rep in once. And I said, well, everyone just goes to your board to get the phone number. They already know who they're looking for. I said, yeah, yeah, but don't tell everyone else that. That's where we make all our money. <laughs> so not so much any longer. So yeah, it was advertising, local advertising more than anything, making the most of the signage we had at the offices. Like every lawyer you could normally walk past and you wouldn't be able to see them. I had signs out, I had A boards, things on the street, things in the windows, things over overhanging. I just made the most of, you know, the space we had. And even today, you know, as much as I love the internet, because I like I'm all about easy life client attraction. Clients coming to you and then looking for what you do. But even today, if you're in a place with busy footfall, office signage, advertising is still just, just it brings in people all the time. And people have forgotten that. People think, oh, it's all online now, I don't need to do that. But if you've got somewhere with high footfall, it's still a winner every time, every time. It's very interesting. There is that key phrase that you said, and I saw it on your website, easy life client attraction or yeah. easy life marketing. All the time. All the time. Share, and, share what that means because nobody thinks about marketing as no. an equivalent of easy life. Marketing is hard. So, let, I, I, so for me, it was always about when I left the law, I thought I can't go and tell a lawyer how to run their business if I haven't run my own. So I bought a, a franchise selling promotional merchandise, so golfing umbrellas with someone's logo on it, pens with people's logo on it. Um, and I had to, for that one, I had to do everything. So I'd gone from a lawyer, I had to make 70 cold calls a day. From that, I'd get 10 people interested, have three good conversations, get one client. And you could rinse and repeat that. But it was, having been a lawyer to doing that, it was a big come down. And then I'd do ex exhibitions and I'd do leaflet. And it basically did everything. And um, and then when I started What'd your my parents tell you? Sorry? What'd your parents tell you then? What? The, the drop from lawyer to... The marketing. Yeah. I said, what are you yeah. doing? You're crazy. <laughs> you had a good job and now you've got nothing and you've got two young kids, you've got no money. Well done, Nick. Good move. I think they'd say it's turned out all right in the end if they were still here. But they did they get did get to see it turn out all right. But yeah, so I just I did all of that. And then and when I started my business proper, I just just wanted to I wanted to be in front of people when they were looking for what I do. I didn't want to do the cold calling. I didn't want to do networking, exhibiting and and shoving my message in people's faces when they weren't looking for it. And so I just sort of spent time thinking about what it actually meant and how you could just be in front of people at the time they're looking for what you do. And and then the whole of my business for ever since has been based on that. So, you know, there's we'll go into what, what that probably entails in a minute. But I just I just, you know, I don't I don't chase clients. I, I'm quite happy to say no to people, but enough clients come to me that I've got a very nice business. Very enjoyable business, and mostly the client, my client, you know, my clients are really nice people because they've they've sort of chosen me. There's loads of people out there that can do a similar thing. I think I'm quite well placed. The ex lawyer bit helps a lot because I really understand what it's like inside and out. But you know, they choose me because I'm I'm not I don't hold back on how I give advice. Someone someone said about my book. They said, um, 
it's quite sort of quite condescending at times. You're quite, you tell us exactly what to do. And I said, yeah. And then, then they said in the same review on Amazon, they said that actually lawyers need that sometimes because we're not very good at being told what to do. Um, but that's true. You know, I don't hold that because just life's too short. You're over talking. You want, if you want to have a better law firm, you want more time off, you want more profits, you know, get on with it. Let's go. I can show any client what to do and I can do it the easy way. Um, and it's not just saying, I know Facebook, so we do Facebook. I know videos, so we do videos. It's just about saying, let's get you out there. And when someone's looking for you and they're an ideal client, let's make sure they find you and they can get in touch with you and you can work with them and they're happy and you're happy. Cool. So let's imagine a hypothetical scenario. You and I decide to become law firm owners in the law firm itself. Yep. So we buy a law firm and let's say it's based in US because most of our audience is here. So it's sure. based in US. It's a typical small law firm. Let's say it does $500,000 in revenue and you and I both look at it and we say, well, that's nothing. We need to grow it big. Let's yeah. say we want to quadruple it in the next three years. Easy. No small task, right? Yeah. So apply easy life client attraction method. Okay. What are the three to five things that we do to make it go from 500,000 to two and a half million within 36 months? It is, it is assuming that we're actually good at the law, which is a given. You know, our fianas, our solicitors, our lawyers are really good at what they do, our attorneys. Let's assume that bit's a given because that's quite important because you can't, can't keep filling up the pump. Uh, but if they are, then it's, it's, it's as simple as, you know, A, you've got to make the most of the best marketing tool any law firm has, which is their website. And as someone that looks at hundreds of websites every month, both in the US and the UK and Australia and, and you know worldwide, most websites aren't good enough. And I don't mean they, I don't mean they have to be full of gadgets and whiz bang, but they have to have enough content for people to work out that this is a good law firm. You know, most people think, oh, well, if I put, I don't know, a good example, but most people think if I put too many words on a page, no one's going to read it. And that might be true for some people, but you have to have enough words for those that like to read the detail to be persuaded that you are a good law, that we're a good law firm. Our little law firm is a good one, um, and that we can help them. Enough reviews on there to convince them that we're worth getting in touch with, and then we make it easy for them to get in touch with. But you know, most law firm websites, you know, three or four pages, a handful of content on each page, and that's it. And my best sort of example of of how important it is to have so much content back in two thousand and my last legal job in two thousand two, I worked purely as business development marketing for a law firm, built them a massive website, which at the time was still way ahead of its time with lots and lots of content, and it generated a lot of work. And um, I met the owner or one of the partners a year later, and he said, oh, we got rid of that big website you built, you know, too many words on the page. Yeah, we got rid of all of that. And uh, we've got a five-page holding website. It's lovely, you know, it's so simple. I said, oh, and overnight, your phone stopped ringing, didn't it? And he went, how do you know that? <laughs> so we built, you know, words, sell. Google needs words, people need words. And you break up the content with images and bullet points and subheadings. But, but if you don't have enough content on there, how am I to believe you're an expert? How can you convince me that, that our little author that we set up is worthy of their business? So you know, there's got to be enough content to do that. And then more importantly, you know, we're, so, so our website, coming back to the start, our website's got to do our job for us. It's got to bring leads to us all the time. So that when people go to Google with buyer intent, with pain, I need someone to fix my personal injury claim. I need someone to help me move house, to buy a house. You know, so they've got an instant need. We want them going to Google, type in, we're in, say we're in Chicago, Chicago personal injury attorney, we come up top, they get on our website, there's enough content on there to believe that we're specialists, 
There's enough easy ways for them to get in touch, which again is a massive miss for most law firms. You go on there. If you're lucky, you can find a telephone number. If you're lucky. But bear in mind now, people will go to one or two pages on the website. No more, because they're busy. Why would they have to hunt for what we should be giving them? So we make it easy for them to get in touch. Every page has client reviews on there because they're not going to go over to look at the reviews page. Why should they? And don't call them testimonials, which you're always used to, because that's old language. Reviews are what we're used to now with Amazon, etc. And and then they do what you do as well, as well as having telephone, email, inquiry form, because some people still like to fill in forms old-fashioned way. You also have what you do on your website, live chat, because some people will have questions and they're thinking, shall I, shall I, I don't know. Up pops the live chat. Ask a question, away we go. And then the final thing is exit pop-up. So as someone's going to leave the website, we have something that just persuades them to give us their email and name so we can keep in touch with them forever, which leads in. So that's what I call Marketing Artery on our website. Um, and we need that traffic to, to uh, and if that exit pop-up, as they go, they give us their name and email, that feeds into our email list because we've got to talk to, lawyer, to our clients and our prospects forever so that we get easy cross-referrals, easy cross-selling um, for all of the services that we can offer. Because if you if you ask any member of the public, you know, who which lawyer would you recommend? They go, oh, well, yeah, I used someone six years ago. Haven't heard from them since. Can't remember who it was, sorry. But if you keep in touch with that client every every single month, you know, and maybe every fortnight, maybe even every week, and you make your emails entertaining, and they can be about any area of the law, because you want to make yourself the first call to call when they've got a legal question. And if you can't help, if you offer that person a referral to another firm, you still help them out. You still cut the relationship going. There's a chance to come back to you for the next thing. So you know, having that website is good. And having that email list is absolutely vital. And most lawyers, attorneys I speak with don't have that email list and don't talk to their audience, which is such a shame. Such a shame. I agree. I agree 100%, but I think there would be so much resistance to this idea, and here's why. What do I talk to my former client about for six years or 10 yeah. years or 15 years? Like, why did I don't want to send them legal news? That's no. boring. No, we don't. So how do we communicate? News. How do we communicate? We just talk. And I said to you earlier, you know, it's about personality. Some people won't want to work with me because I might be too rash. Um, so my emails might be about, you know, I was just having a, my car windscreen replaced. So it's been about the service I've been getting from that and then relating that to the legal world. Um, with a, The thing about legal world is something is always topical, whether it's the housing market, uh, whether it's employment laws, whether it's accident claims. Uh, there's always something being talked about in the media which is related to the legal world. So you just need to talk about that and remind people that you're there. So it's not, it's never about you know just sort of going into detail. No one cares about statutes and, and laws and stuff. It's just not very exciting. But they do care about property market, what's happening, what's happening in the economy, and all of those things relate to the law. So it's just consistently talking about using what's topical, using what they experience in their own life. You know, if you're a business-to-business attorney, there's always business stuff to talk about. There's always employment law challenges, something going on with your employees. Um, lawyers experience that as well as the, the customers, they, they serve, the clients they serve. So it's, it's never, it shouldn't be about law. It should only be three or four paragraphs. But it should always remind people that, that they're there and how they can help, you know, without hard selling. So, you know, my favorite is always, look, if you want to discuss this or any legal legal matter, give us a call or reply to this email. You know, keep it as simple yeah. as possible. And like I say, even if you don't offer property service, realty services, get them on the phone, refer them to a friend that does, and he doesn't do what you do, get referrals back. And most importantly, trap the referrals out. 
So I can say to you, Sasha, I've sent you 10 clients in the last year. Well, I had a look and I haven't had any from you. What can we do about that? You know, and that's another thing you, you should do because then you say, oh, actually, and they can send me 10 clients. And one of them turned to be a really good one. I should send in something back. And that, that sort of, it's a little bit of extra work. Yes, you're going to have a Google sheet or something to put it in. Nick referred John to Sasha. Sasha, how did he go? Yeah, yeah, he gave me £10,000 worth of business. Nick. Oh, okay, that's good. Glad to hear that. Glad it helped. Can you get me any clients? You know, that I've given something first. So that's important. So the email is just about keeping in touch. It's not about educating your clients about the, the finer details of, of the legal world. It's just about um, reminding them you exist and giving us some interesting and helpful insights. Makes perfect sense. I think there would be another friction point and that would be, yeah, but Nick, this is work. And you yes. have to actually allocate time to do these communications and send them out. And I think that nine out of 10 lawyers would say this or think this, but not say this. And I think that there is a simple workaround. Yeah. And that is get a virtual assistant. Yeah. Virtual yeah. assistant, someone like you or me to do it for them. Anyone else to do it for them. Hire a copywriter that, that does their blogs and their articles as well. Cause we'll come back to websites in a minute, but you know, you can get someone to write it and, and, you know, to be honest, it's better if you pay someone to write it because copywriter might charge you 50 to a hundred dollars. Whereas you could be billing two to five hundred, whatever the hourly rate might be. So I always laugh. I always laugh when I say, "Oh, I've got to write content." I'd rather you didn't. Probably, I'd probably rather you were doing the billing, and we'll get the copy written. And remember, yep. most importantly, it's not legal advice. It's just content that's going out in the email to spark debate, to spark thought. Um, it's content going on your website so that people, when they're looking for what you do, find you. It's not legal advice. That's the other thing. And lawyers say, well, if I put too much on the website, the client will do it themselves. No, 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 no. They won't. They don't do Never. that. They, they can't do it. But I've heard that so many times. I'm sure you have as well. So, well, can't put too much on that. They, they'll just go away and do it themselves. They can't. And they don't want to. You know, they, they don't, they don't want to. They've got enough to do, yeah. as we all do. 100%. So first, we got to make that website. And I'm just going to frame it the way that they think about it. I think about website is your fighter for the firm. It goes yeah. out there, it competes with other fighters on yeah. Google, on being whatever search engine they may be using. Your fighter has to be as good as that of your other direct competitors. Or Absolutely. Bad, if you yeah. want them to win. Yeah. So let's put a big fat checkbox, a check into the checkbox. What's next? We build that cool website. Yep. It has everything that it needs to have. Now it's of competitor grade. What's next? I just... I I'll just come back to that. So it's got to be a fighter. But the good thing is um, for, for your audience that most of their competitors aren't very good at fighting. So it only has to be slightly better than the other fighters out there. And that's valid. You know, people go, oh, just there's no point. They're all better than me. And I know that attorneys particularly worry that, that the competition is best. They're not. That is just that I find that um, because they're deep, they're always looking at their competitors' website. Oh, they've done that. I can't do that. Oh, they're ahead of me. Um, but generally... You know, I can analyze a website and say, actually, no, it's not getting any traffic. It's not turning into any phone calls or clients. So, yeah, it only has to be slightly better than the fighter of, of the competition locally or nationally for niche. Um, once we've got that really good website and it converts, so if we send 100 people to it, five or 10 will get in touch with us. Then we just want more people finding it. And those people finding it, you know, have that need for our service at the time. And that's, that's why I think the difference, because I was, because I was a lawyer myself and because I've been inside it, I don't think of it as, I've never thought of it as what tactic shall I use to get the work? It's what 
what works, what gets me in front of my audience when they're looking for me. And so I, attraction marketing as opposed to interaction marketing, but most importantly, buyer intent. So if I wake up one morning and I'm buying a property, I need a lawyer to help me do that. So I've I've gone to I if I if I've got a pain if I've got need if I have a boiler that's broken no hot water if I have if I need a new mortgage if I need if I need um, a new bathroom if I need to buy a property if I need an employment lawyer to help me you know I've I've woken up with a pain with a need that needs solving and so I don't go to Facebook I don't go to the newspaper I don't go to Twitter I go to Google Bing whatever and I type in what I'm looking for and where I am and and as long as I come up in front of them. And I've got the service they need. They're going to get in touch if I tick the boxes we talked about. Um, so just getting in front of more people and the two simple ways of doing that. Uh, Google Ads obviously is a dream because it gets you to the top of Google instantly. And content marketing, you know, adding um, regular content to your website that answers your prospect's ideal, your ideal prospect's questions. You know, what do they type into Google? Um, it's like, I've been fired. What do I do? I've had an accident. What do I do? Anything that answers questions, and where most people go wrong with blogging, is that they just put generic articles up that don't answer questions. And if you don't ask questions, you don't get the um, the, the visitors. And, and that's the most important thing. You know, lawyers get worried about content marketing. That I can't compete. I can't do it. Most people do it badly. So if you if you just wrote one blog piece a month that answered questions that your ideal prospect type into Google, and that's easy to work out what that is. But if you do that and, and, you know, consistently one or two of them every year work and four or five and there's, you know, you get more and more traffic every year. And every single new lawyer that I speak to says, oh, yeah, yeah, I've got one blog that um, brings in lots of traffic to my website. So, oh, great. So how often do you blog that? Oh, no, no, I don't blog anymore. It's like, ah, you there, that clue. <laughs> and that's always a mistake, isn't it? We What's don't do momentum? more of what works. Got to do more of what works. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, content marketing and Google Ads, you know, can instantly grow a law firm. So for our going back to our example, our five hundred thousand law firm, we've now got a decent website. It's converting now. Let's just get more people looking for what we do to it with Google Ads, and let's do content marketing every month. And for all of my clients, that I say, look, start with five articles a month, written for them. They're not writing them; it's outsourced. Add those to the website for every single one of my clients that's done this, and there's you know dozens of them. The traffic goes up after three to six months. You know. It's not, it's not because, the, as I said, the competition, the fighters we're fighting against, it's not that difficult to beat them. But so few people do it. So, you know, it's it's an easy game when you know what to what to do, how to play it. So, so we're operating this law firm, and then one of the managing partners comes to us and says, I heard that we've got to do social media advertising. What do you say to that? I say, bye, I'm off. <laughs> It's interruption marketing. So coming back to my point, and this is, and, and you mentioned it earlier, and, and you know, all jokes aside, it's why I wrote this book, is that people kept coming to me, having spent thousands on social media advertising, on Twitter, on Facebook, whatever, and not getting a return on investment that said, I understand why it doesn't work. So it's like, I can't speak to everybody, but the book says, you know, what works and what doesn't. You want to be in front of people that are looking for you because they have a legal need right now. If you have a legal need, do you go to Facebook? No. Do you go to Twitter? No. You go to Google, you go to Bing, you go to a search engine, because that's that's where people that have a, a, an itch that needs scratching go. They don't go and sort of look at baby pictures, squirrels dancing, and then find a lawyer. And go, oh, perfect. I'll just write my weekly article for my email newsletter, which will go out next week. Except I don't call it a newsletter; you don't want to call it that. But you know, I had someone um, complain 
that I sent them an email. I said, oh, I thought you were a bit pushy this week. And I was like, that's fine. I've unsubscribed you. Perfectly happy with that. And I've, for the people that pay me for advice each month, I've, I've used it as an example of, if you don't upset anyone with your marketing, you, you're not doing enough of it or you're not doing it right. You know, I use my voice. And, you know, and some people listening might go, gosh, she's a bit push, pushy English guy. But others I go, okay, yeah, I get it. That sort of works. I'll, I, can, I can deal with that. That's much better. You know, you need to repel some people to find the ones that you like. As I said, I'm not looking for every client. I'm looking for my ideal client. My ideal client wants to be told what to do, wants to work with me to make it happen, and wants to see their profits go and take more time off and get on that boat in Greece that you and I are going on. And that's what they want. So my ideal client knows that. So we'll see them in Greece, aren't we, Sasha? Yeah, absolutely. You know, to this point about being pushy with email, one of my top marketing mentors says that you are to be so lucky to be noticed in that inbox. Yeah, true. Very true. So there's so much apprehension coming from law firm owners out there. Like, we'll send an email once a quarter. Yeah. No, let's 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 remind them we're there. Think of the money they're, that's lost by only doing it once a quarter. Very effective marketers send at least one email per day. Yeah, yeah. I know. I've, and, I've never gone and that most far. Most of them still don't get noticed. No, I'm happy with once a week. I've never felt the need to go daily, but I know people that have done. It's worked for them. You know, if if I think you get to finding your audience probably quicker. But you also get to finding the people that don't like you quicker as well. So it's, it's a balance, you know. I'm I, I've built my business from the things that, and that's the other thing. Now I I build my business doing what I train my clients to do. So I always said I don't want to be. When I started the franchise, before I started this, I didn't want to be someone that told someone what to do and I'd never done it. So I cannot tell you the number of people I know that that run Google Ads campaigns and don't have their own Google Ads account. I'm like, how can you do that? Or someone that you know, I'm a consultant but to. To raw firm owners, other business owners, I have my own consult. Like you just said, you've got your own mentor. Because how could we not? How wouldn't we be hypocritical if we if we didn't have our own mentor and then we told people, well, you've got to go with a consultant? Look, have you got one? No, 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 don't do that. So yeah, you've you've got to you've got to walk the talk. And so everything I talk about, I do on my website. Yeah. I add content to it. You'll find a live chat on there. You'll find lots of client reviews. You'll find the telephone number in inquiry form, a pop up that. That says, "Don't leave. Give, let me give you my free best advice on how to grow a law firm." Because everything I've tested myself, and I've spent hundreds of thousands on Google, and hundreds of thousands on content marketing, and paying copywriters for my own. Well, not well, I've got a legal brand as well, sub to that, which generates leads for my subscribers in the UK. So you know, I, I practice everything on my own solicitorsnearme.com because everything I learned from that, every mistake I make, and every success I can share with my paying members. Um, so, you know, I've, I've always said it's, it's just, if you're going to do what we do, it, it's always good to be able to use your own case studies because lawyers don't generally like to share. <laughs> they, if they've got something that's working, they don't really want to tell everyone else. Understand it. Yeah, absolutely. I really like the point about a consultant having their own consultants who train them. I always think about LeBron James, whether you love him or hate him. Top NBA player currently, and we're recording this in 2023. I've read about him. He has 28 coaches. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 28 coaches. Yeah. One of his coaches coaches him on rest. One yeah. of his coaches coaches him on nutrition. Yeah. It's had it's at 28 coaches. It's no yeah. wonder that the guy is the highest paid NBA player today. Yeah. He's been he's been coached, right? And he approaches his time and his effort 
is the highest investment that he can make. That's why he has so many people working for him to make him better every single day, every single week, every single month. So he keeps on generating more and more cash while he still can. Yeah. And, and it's it's the shortcut, isn't it? You know, why, why find shortcut. every mistake yourself when you can pay someone that's been there, you know, and done yep. it and can say, no, don't do it this way, do it this way, it'll be much quicker, much more effective. That's exactly how I think about consultants and books. So yeah. when you get, and I'm, again, I'm promoting your book because I think it's so darn good. Thank you. Um, I forgot exactly what they paid for it. It says on the back of it, it says fourteen ninety nine. That's UK, British pounds. That's UK price, um, yeah. So I'm going to say 20 US dollars, give or take. There's a lot of practical- well, the Kindle version is cheaper. Or Kindle version. <laughs> you know, I still like- Like the paper. Paper, yeah. you know, yeah. I underline things. It's quite on a nice tactile things. cover, isn't it? Quite, yeah, absolutely. Clear. I do enjoy the book. But but here's how I think about books. So this book is probably 200, 300 pages, 200 pages. If you read 20 pages a day, you'll be done with it in 10 days. There's a lot of wisdom and practical knowledge in this book. It probably took you much longer than a year or five years to assemble all yeah. of this knowledge. Absolutely. And it took you yeah. quite some time to write it up in such a practical manner that you read it and you get it. You read it and yeah. you get it. So I figured that 10 years worth of learning, practicing, experimenting, went into creating this and you can yeah. have it in 10 days of reading 20 yeah. pages a day. And let's say you're an average reader, so you can knock it out in 20 minutes, 25 minutes, yeah. 30 minutes if you're a slow reader. But most importantly, what I hope that, that people then do is then actually implement it and, and remember the lessons in there. Because like I say, the number of people that spend money in the wrong places trying to grow their law firm and make their life harder than it needs to be and go out and do all these networking events and bash the drum of, give, give me work, give me work. And, you know, it's hard work. Some people are better at it than others, but it's hard work. There is, you know, the easy life client attraction way is much more, much more appealing to me, which is why it's how I built my business. And it's how I tell my clients to build their business. Um, and they're in a, you know, that, that small law firm talk. I always say that if I had any interest in staying a lawyer, I'd have been much better at staying a lawyer and building a law firm because I could always find lawyers to do the work. But I just enjoy this much more and I enjoy working with different business owners so mm -hmm. grow. But it's much easier to market legal services than it is to market a marketing consultant because the problem you and I have, oh, wakes up in the morning and says, I'm going to buy a marketing consultant today. I've got a pain, I need to fix it. What they do is they go online and they say, how do I get more clients for my law firm? How do I grow my law firm? And then they go on our email list and then maybe a year later they say, oh, Nick, can we have a chat? Um, but if, if I'm moving house, I need a, a property lawyer today. If I've had an accident, I need a PI, personal injury attorney today. So it's much easier to, to market that sort of business. And, and it doesn't have to be hard. You know, that's, that's the whole point of the book was just say to people, look, you get, the trouble is people get so many messages and, you know, there's so much spamming. You've got to use video. You've got to use Facebook. You've got to use Twitter. You've got to do this. You've got to stand on one leg and shout on the corner of the street to get clients, whatever it might be. And people say, oh, well, if that's what I got to do, but you don't have to. And that's, that's exactly why I wrote the book, to stop people worrying and thinking it's got to be hard. It doesn't have to be hard. It has to be consistent, but you can outsource pretty much all of it. you just got to know why you're doing what you're doing. So true, but I do want to challenge you on one thing, and that is you have to implement. Yes. I find that, that if it was left up to law firm owners to implement these things, it never gets done. Implement so, or outsource? Outsource, right? So I always think about it 
there is a book that came out, I think, earlier this year or last year. It's by Dan Sullivan and his co-author. I forgot his name. Um, it's called Who, Not How. And the premise of the book is exactly what the title suggests. You do not need to figure out all the hows. It's impossible. It's impractical. You will never get it done. You have a business to operate. You have legal services to deliver. So you want to get the right who's in the yep. right seats and make sure that yep. they execute. Usually outsourcing is a lot cheaper for a smaller law firm. Like if you do $30 million a year in revenue, you may consider building out your almost Absolutely, complete yeah. marketing department. Yeah. But if you do one, yep. five million, ten million $10 million in revenue, it's not cost efficient you to can, have your you own You can team. manage it. Yeah. Yeah. So, you can so, so but the reason the, why the it's so important say, to, you're good. No, the only thing yeah. I'd say is I, I completely agree that what I, the reason, and, and in that book, there's a section all about Google Ads because I don't expect an North firm to be able to run their own Google Ads campaign. It's too complex and Google's making it harder and harder yep. for, for people to do it. So Google's trying to say, we'll do it all for you. Don't worry about that. You don't want to see what we're doing. We'll just send you traffic and some of it's good, some of it might not be. But, but you do need to understand what it's doing and how to measure whether it's working effectively. So I always say, you know, I want, um, I, my, my sort of mantra is always, I work with the owner of the firm or the owner of the department because I need to be able to communicate to them what we're doing. And um, so they can then manage the process. And whether that's me running a trip and someone else, I, I need them to understand what good metrics look like so that they can manage the person providing them. Because if they just, the worst thing for me is if I leave a client and they've, and, 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 you know, when I started, I didn't realize this, but I'd go in and they say, oh, can you just do it next? And I'd do everything manageable. But then if I start working with them, they're no, they're no further forward. They haven't developed because they then have to find someone else to do everything with all them. But if I can leave them to understand what we're doing and why and how to measure whether it's working, then I've left them in a better position. So I think that's the key thing. So, you know, I want my clients to know that, look, if we're doing content marketing, we want the sessions and the page views to go up consistently after three or four months if they're doing google ads i want them to know that they they need a set number of clicks and i always try to get 300 to get some moving needle um move the needle a bit and then you want to check the click-through rate is is effective and you know if it's five percent or more it's quite good you want to measure that cost per click and make sure it doesn't go up so for every click we're paying for i don't want to see it go five dollars on six dollars eight dollars ten dollars suddenly you're paying twice the amount for less half the traffic and it's not converting. So it's so important that they understand what, what they're doing. And it sits inside Google Ads for hours and, and work it out, but they need to know what, what they're trying to achieve and then be able to consistently measure that month on month to make that little firm grow easily. So true. I always think about it this way. It's managing the numbers yep. rather than business processes. You're yep. not going to be able to manage every business no. process that there is in marketing. It's no. simply too complex. I am a marketer. I can't manage all of our processes. It's impossible. Yeah. Yeah. You need to have a specialist in paper. Like advertising, that specialist works with an ad creator. That specialist works with a strategist. There is a project manager overseeing. With SEO, it's a lot more complex with PPC and LSAs. Yeah. Yeah. So it's so complex. Nobody knows all of the processes. Yeah. It's but understand the metrics. But understand the metrics and, and what moves those metrics in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. What moves the needle the most? Definitely. Exactly. So, and that—that's what the book gives you. Yeah. It doesn't make you into a specialist in any of those things. It just gives you the understanding, so you understand whether your vendor or yep. internal team, yeah, is pulling exactly. the right levers. How to manage them? The needle is moving in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. Nick, it's been such a pleasure. 
How do people find you if they want to ask you more questions because you're just such a wealth of knowledge and your website is terrific. They, right. Is it uh, Sam, Samsung Consulting? Samsung Consulting. Mm-hmm. That's co.uk. Make sure it's not that kind of co.uk. Yeah. So, so S-A-M-S-O-N consulting.co.uk. The free guide's on there. It's been downloaded many times in the States, even though it's .co.uk domain. The, the same applies, you know, it's the same Google ads platform. It's the same website. People are the same, whether they're in the States or the UK, um, whether they're in Australia or New Zealand, there are lots of lawyers as well. And the other places, obviously, the book is on Amazon. Your phone growth former is on Amazon, so it's easy to try there. Inside the book, if you buy the book, it's not just the book. I've also put together resources that go with the book, so that they're directed to a page to download those resources because there's a bit more practical stuff in there to make sure that they implement what they read or manage the implementation of what they read. Manage. Because um, that's that's it. You know, We've all read tons of books, but it's, it's worthless unless you go and do something different afterwards. But if if you can spend that fifteen twenty dollars, and it stops you spending ten grand on Facebook one month, then I'm a happy man. I've done my job. There you go, Nick. What a pleasure! Thank you so much. Lovely to meet you, Sasha. I'll see you on that boat in uh, in Greece. Thanks for listening to the Grow Law Firm podcast. If you liked the ideas shared in this episode, help a fellow lawyer out by sharing a link to the episode. This episode is powered by the team of experts in client attraction, GrowLawFirm.com. Do you want a complimentary growth plan for your law firm? Request it at growlawfirm.com slash blueprint.